hey, so this is going to be an interesting new thing that I'm doing. Um, and this is kind of an intro to the intro of the uh, podcast that you're about to listen to. Um, my idea here was to do kind of like a, a kind of like a specified um, series of shows. And in this case, where, um, as you can see from the, the, the show description and the title here of this episode, um, I'm going to be doing a series on the Bible. Um, now, just for context, before you go in here, and I, I do mention it in the, the, the next intro, I guess you could call it. Um, I'm an atheist. I, I am not a religious person. Um, I, I think that kind of modern religion in today's world is kind of um, a, a little militant, um, a, a little exaggerated, and a little overbearing. Um, and, and a lot of it doesn't really kind of sync with uh, how the world is today. Um, I just don't agree with how a lot of people treat each other because of religion. Um, and, and how it's kind of entered into to politics and everything. But anyways, this is going to be a series on the Bible. Um, I'm, I'm reading it, some of this stuff, uh, the, for the second time now. Uh, when you'll be hearing these recordings, it'll be the second time I'm reading this stuff. Um, so I'm an atheist reading the Bible twice for the, the sole purpose of figuring some stuff out that is written in here and becoming familiar with the thing that I don't believe in, um, which is kind of a, a silly thing to do. Um, but that's just how I am. Um, now I, I know that people listen to different podcasts for different reasons. So, um, this is not what my show is going to become. It's not going to become me just reading things and uh, you know, being critical and skeptical of things, but I, I will make it, um, obvious enough for if you're going to be listening to a show where I'm going to be talking about something and reading something through that it will be, um, you know, in this case, uh, skeptic or, or skeptic series part one or skeptic, the Holy Bible part one Genesis, or we'll see what it looks like when I, uh, you know, create this episode, but, um, yeah, that, that, this is not what the, what the show is going to be, but this is just kind of another extension of what I already do, um, jumping on here and talking about stuff going on in the world. And, um, I, I'm big on reading and I'm big on, you know, reading stuff that I, I agree with and that I just want to learn more about or stuff that I don't agree with, which is what this series is going to be. Um, have no fear. I'm going to be plugging other shows in between all of these. These are kind of, uh, fillers, I guess you could say. Um, but they are also going to be, uh, continuous. So in this episode, um, I'm going to read through a portion of Genesis. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the whole Bible from front to back, uh, cover to cover. So, um, I'm going to read from the beginning of Genesis, um, up until shortly after the story of Noah's Ark, um, and then I'll be going into whatever comes next in the next episode and so on and so forth until I get to the very end of the New Testament. Um, so, so that's what this is going to be structured as. Um, and just a note, which I believe I address in the, the next intro that I have here. Um, I'm not doing this to be offensive. I'm not doing it to criticize the Bible. I'm not 
criticizing someone who believes in any of this stuff. Um, I'm doing it because I'm skeptical of what is in there. Um, I, I'm curious as to why people act the way they do in the name of um, religion or God or Christianity or whatever they may claim. Um, it, it's a curiosity and it's something that has piqued my interest um, quite a bit over the past few years, um, seeing how Christianity has kind of, uh, you know, tightened its, its, its grip on politicians and people and uh, political groups and, and, and social groups. So I just want to read this and figure out what it's all about. Um, I, I, I don't think that it will end up converting me. Um, and again, me reading this as, uh, someone who doesn't believe in religion is not doing it to try to convert someone to the, the atheist life, I guess you could call it. Um, I think that this is really, if anything, uh, a message to people who don't want to look at things they don't agree with or something that they're skeptical of. Um, so, so they just are completely hands off from whatever it might be. Um, this is kind of more for those people and more for curious people who just want to listen to me, um, go through this thing and yeah, just check it out. Um, and I'll be doing other things in the future, but I'm only going to do one, uh, I guess again, call it skeptic series at a time. So right now, the Holy Bible, and who knows what will be after that. Something a lot shorter, of course, because I'm uh, concerned to see how many episodes are going to come out of this. Um, I don't want it to take over my feed too much, but it's a big book, and if I'm going to cover the whole thing, i got to you know, record accordingly. So um, I, I got a short little intro that's about to pop up. Um, then after that, again, it's not to offend, it's not to criticize, it's not to, uh, you know, cast doubt on anyone's specific beliefs. I think everyone that's religious believes in different things. Um, you know, we all have our own opinions and our own beliefs on how things work. So, you know, I'm not doing this to be funny or anything like that. Um, so if I do say something that you believe to be incorrect, um, or offensive in your eyes. Um, just know that that's not my intention. Um, and enjoy the series. It will be interesting, I'm sure. Okay. Um, so this is kind of a, a strange idea that I had here. Um, basically what I'm going to be doing with, well, not with the podcast, but from time to time with the podcast is, um, cause I've been reading, I talked about this last week with Pat. I've been le reading a lot of strange stuff. Um, so it only makes sense to try to figure out more about this stuff by talking about it. So, um, I've read the, cover to cover satanic bible very strange um but i've read it and now i'm reading the holy bible um so kind of a 
a weird transition from uh, A to B. But that is uh, what I'm reading at the moment, along with like some, uh, you know, fiction stuff just to keep my brain moving. Um, so what this will be is, um, I, I don't know really what to call it yet. I'm thinking like skeptic series and then, you know, have a, a hyphenation and then talk about your, or say whatever it's going to be about. But in the sense of this, where it'll primarily be books, um, or theories or, uh, philosophies or articles or, or mythology or conspiracy, whatever it might be. Um, I'll be doing series on things, um, at least in this case, a series, because it's going to take me <laughs> well over an hour and a half to go through the entire Bible. Um, kind of like if, if you've been listening for a while, how I went through um, Mary Trump's book, um, kind of like that, except I'm not really looking for things to make fun of. Um, I'm pretty sure, like 99% sure that I'm an atheist. Um, so it, it is kind of funny that I'm reading the Bible right now and doing a podcast on the entirety of the Bible. Um, but I, I will be doing a series cover to cover, um, Old Testament, New Testament, uh, and, and just trying to break things up um, and keep them to a length that isn't you know, completely insane. Um, with that said, I got this idea because I was listening to, well, I, I kind of thought it would be funny to find a podcast of atheists reading the Bible. And I did. Um, but the extent of that podcast only went through Genesis. And I think they stopped recording in 2019. So um, th theirs was I think theirs was meant more for comedy rather than um, actually reading it and kind of, kind of trying to understand it. Um, so that's what I wanted to do. I don't, I don't, and again, I don't really believe in any of this. So I, I'm not doing this to make fun or uh, insult anyone or criticize anything. I'm just doing it in the sense of, I'm a curious person. Um, I, I see what religion has done to some people. Um, so I'm curious, I'm skeptical, uh, and I figure the best way to understand more of it is to read it. Um, so I guess I'll just get into this. Um, and for reference too, I'm not reading this completely, um, blind going in. I'm, this isn't the first time I'm going to be reading this stuff when I talk about it on here. Anything that I, I, I haven't read the whole thing yet, but as of right now, I'm like midway through Genesis. Um, and so I'll be going up to a certain point for each recording. I'll stop, I'll upload that. I'll put in the show notes, you know, where I read to, where I read from. Um, and for anyone who knows the difference between any of them. I definitely don't. I'm reading from a new international version. Um, I, I don't know what the most authentic version is. I don't know what the, the most quote-unquote accurate translation is. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if different 
denominations of Christianity have different Bibles. I'm sure they do because it seems like no one can ever agree on anything that this says. Um, so I, I guess I'll just start. Um, and, and again, I've already read everything that I'm about to read. Um, I, I did highlight stuff in here. There's a lot that I didn't highlight, but the, the stuff that I do highlight is just kind of the stuff that kind of stands out to me is, is strange or meaningful or whatever. Um, and again, I, I'm not doing this to be offensive. I'm doing it to try to understand, I guess. Um, and I actually did have a discussion with uh, a friend that I went to school with, um, and we're going to have him on uh, from time to time to uh, go back and forth about stuff that I see in here, um, stuff that I'm still kind of in the dark about that he can elaborate further on. And I believe, and if you are listening, text me if I'm wrong, that he is a minister, I believe. Um, so, I mean, he, he knows a lot more than I do. Um, so while I'm reading this, I, I will behave. And, uh, you know, if there's stuff that I'm uh, skeptical about, then we'll address that. But, uh, yeah. Genesis, Old Testament. Might as well get into this. And let me just pull up my uh, timestamps here so I can make sure I don't go too long. Um, and I already have my cutoff point marked here. So Genesis, the beginning. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky. And there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let there be water under the sky, be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so, God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. I gotta say, I do, I, I understand that this has been written and translated probably a billion times, but, it, and again, I, I don't believe that any of this actually happened, but he's making all this stuff and it, he's just saying he, he saw it and it was good. You know, I'm, I created the planet and it, it was good. You know, I, I had, it's like if you, if you get like a, a meal somewhere and someone's like, Oh, how is it? And you're like, Oh, it's pretty good. He's making the world. It's good. It's all right. But he could, he could do a little more impressive of work. He, he must think to himself. Uh, <laughs> then God said, let the land produce vegetation seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. <laughs> and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. 
And God said, let there be lights in the sky, uh, sorry, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. Guess what? God saw it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. <clears throat> and God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. You guessed it. God saw that it was good. Uh, God blessed the fr them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. <clears throat> then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Um, when I'm reading through this, and I'm not going to address every single one of these, but just the ones that kind of seem a little abstract in their, in their phrasing. Um, like here where it says, uh, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals. Um, th there's just a, a note here and it's corresponds with a letter at the bottom of the page in annotation. It says probable reading of the original Hebrew text, um, the Masoretic text the earth, that's what it says, um, and these would be things that I could possibly Google and look more into, but um, it, it's just saying that it's a it's a probable translation from an original text. So I've noticed those throughout my reading so far, um, or where I am right now. Um, like right here it says, but for Adam, I haven't gotten Adam and Eve yet, but it says, but for Adam with an annotation. Um, and that relates to or the man. So I'm assuming in another translation, instead of saying but for Adam, it said but for the man, uh, no suitable helper was found. So, for example, just for what those types of annotations could be. Um, back to the reading. Uh, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Uh, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face. Oh, okay, well, let me hit the brakes real quick. Um, I might be looking too far into this, but where it says um, male and female, he created them. Um, speaking in terms of the text... Adam and Eve are the first people to ever exist. Um, and so it says right here, he created male and female. But then over here it says, 
when when Adam was sleeping because he realized that there was no one around for him to to help him with all these things that he was doing in the Garden of Eden. Um, when Adam falls asleep, God takes a rib out of Adam and creates Eve from that. Um, so I, I don't know, maybe I'm looking too far into it, but it kind of seems like it's either out of order or kind of contradictory. But anyways, we'll keep going. Um, <clears throat> then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it. I give every green plant for food and it was so. God saw that he had, sorry, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. All right. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Uh, thus the heaven and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Uh, and then I have highlighted here, then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. I would imagine that's why people go to church on Sundays. Uh, okay, so now let's get into Adam and Eve. Um, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. <clears throat> they could save so much room if they would not do that. Uh, now no shrub had yet appeared. By the way, um, if anyone listening to this um, knows of a Bible that has this, the pages, I got a huge complaint about the the thinness of the pages. Because um, I'm highlighting while I'm reading, and I'm using green just because yellow didn't stand out enough. And it kind of, it doesn't bleed through, but you can see it on the other side. This is very annoying. I just wish the pages were a little thicker. Um, now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung, and for Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. Well, he's going to make it rain on a few pages, that's for sure. But streams came up from earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being, Adam. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and for good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden, from there it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah, where there's gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. That's in parentheses. Not sure why. Uh, the name of the second river is the Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Ashur. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. <coughs> The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Uh, now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, 
and all the wild animals, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. <clears throat> now, in this other podcast that I was listening to, and this is something that I should honestly probably Google, but I'm not going to take time during the... This is, this is basically the podcast version of a reaction video that you would see on YouTube, um, except I've already read this stuff. I was listening to a podcast that, and I know this is going to sound strange and it's probably wrong, which is why I should probably Google it, but when it's talking here about Adam um, having all these animals and uh, whatever he called each living creature was its name, um, but there was no suitable helper uh, for Adam, it says. In this podcast, and again, this is... I would imagine this is wrong, um, but they had someone on with them that said something about Adam, I don't even want to say it, Adam having sex with the animals, um, I would imagine it's wrong, but the, the reason that that came into question was because right here it says, right after, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. <clears throat> I would imagine that that's not an accurate, not translation, but uh, takeaway from this. Um, I don't know. I don't know why he would bring the animals to Adam and have him name them. Um, I, I don't really see the point in it. Um, but I guess, you know, structure is structure. Anyways, he just created Eve. Uh, the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh and shall be called woman. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. Uh, by the way, Bible is very sexist. Um, at least from what I've read so far. Um, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. <clears throat> Next story, the fall. Uh, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So the snake comes up to Eve, and he's like, So you guys can eat anything here except for... Well, we'll get to that, but... He's basically like, so you can eat anything except for the fruit on that one tree. Um, <clears throat> and this is a whole, um, in debates and stuff, I've seen um, people talk about the idea of free will. And if free will is really a thing, or if we, we, we do or don't have free will, which is a, a podcast for another day. Um but Adam and Eve were the first people to exist in the text. Um, and so it's curious why God would create a serpent, um, which I guess you could say is the devil, and convince them to eat from the tree. Um, you know, because as of right now, this is kind of like a, a sandbox theory where 
God created everything. He made two people, and he just kind of let them loose and said, well, see what happens. Um, so why he would create the serpent, um, probably with the knowledge that this would happen, is a bit strange to me. Um, you know, if he wanted them to be as they were without interference, then why would he have even created the serpent? Um, and again, this is probably one of the questions that I can refer to my friend about, um, and talk about a little deeper. <clears throat> the woman said to the serpent, we, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Um, I, I think that maybe the, the, the death thing is kind of a, uh, metaphor for kind of like a moral death, um, because spoiler alert, they eat from the tree. Um, and for lack of a better word, God gets pretty pissed off about it and, um, curses the eternity of existence, um, just because of that. And so I don't think it's like a, you're going to die, but again, I think it's, uh, more in reference to kind of like a, a, a moral death. Um, so the serpent says, you will certainly not die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Um, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Um, I remember reading this when I was a kid and the, the whole thing about them feeling bad for being naked. Um, what did I say? It was, it, it was something as innocent as me saying like, well, yeah, that's why we wear clothes. So like, you don't like see naked people everywhere. And if you remember, um, I, I claim that I'm, probably the way I am in relation to how I perceive religion because of my dad. Um, I remember he was like, well, that's how someone with a dirty mind thinks. And I was like, okay, I, I guess like when I put on clothes, it's more for a one, a style thing. And it two, it's so I'm not walking around completely naked in society it, it, it spawned from a uh, uh, eating the the fruit from the tree and then realizing that you're naked now you know they're husband and wife and they're the only people that exist so I don't really see why they would care and I guess if they had the same knowledge as God that they absorbed that knowledge through eating the fruit and it, if they realized that it was bad that they were naked um, and then apparently God knows that it would be bad to be naked. And so 
you know, what makes them any worse than him for having that uh, realization, I guess you could say. <clears throat> the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Which, he's God, so he already knew where they were. Um, he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Um, okay. The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate it. Oh, well, if I'm just reading this superficially, I'm saying, well, the serpent kind of made a lot of sense here. Um, you know, yeah, God told you not to eat from the tree, but it's just fruit. And why wouldn't you want to have... Let's see here. Um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, I mean, you're gaining wisdom, as it says, from eating from the tree. So why would you not want to eat from it? I, I mean, w wisdom is something that we in our society today kind of, you know, not preach, but kind of look highly upon. Um, if someone's a wise person, um, it's something that we recognize as valid um, in today's day and age. Um, so... I, I, I don't know why it's a bad thing. I don't know if it's because it strictly came from the serpent. But um, if we take the serpent out of the equation and Eve was just really hungry one day and she was walking around and she saw that tree and she was like, well, I know I, he said that we shouldn't eat from it, but I am really hungry. And she took a bite from it and she, she got all this uh, the gaining of wisdom and for, for where it says, um, and you will be like God knowing good and evil. I think that, hey, it's... It's good to know good and evil because then you can, you know, dictate on your own um, what what actions you you take. Um, you know, I don't know what they were doing before that. If they were just doing good and bad things and not realizing that they were doing what you would call bad things, um, but I I would say that knowing good from evil is a win. Um, but apparently not because then you know he curses all of humanity for the rest of time, but, um, so the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, quote, uh, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel to the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Uh, pretty aggressive, but he's not done yet. Uh, to Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. 
It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Um, and again, just looking at this from a, a very superficial standpoint, they ate a fruit, they learned good from evil. I think he's overreacting. Um, but I'll continue here. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work from the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove that, the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Um, let's see here. Right here there's an annotation for east side. Um, where is it? Where is it? It said, or placed in front. So after he drove the man out, he placed in the front of the Garden of Eden cherubim, whatever that is, and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Um, okay. Uh, let's get into Cain and Abel. Um, Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Um... Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. So, again, in the podcast that I was listening to, it says, uh, where, where she said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Kind of completely discounting everything that Adam contributed. Um, she gives credit to God, um, which... I've always had an issue with the idea of um, God just impregnating uh, um, wow <laughs> uh, in, in yeah 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 impregnating Mary basically with his mind um, because unlike Adam and Eve where they had sex Joseph and Mary didn't um, I, I guess. And, uh, she just ended up pregnant out of the blue. Um, always kind of had an issue with that, kind of like a, a moral issue with that whole idea. Um, and that people think it's like some sort of beautiful philosophy where I think it's kind of more, um, creepy, I guess the word would be. Um, so it says, with the help of Lord, I have brought forth a man, being Cain, and later she had Abel. Not, you know, nothing special said about Abel. No help from the Lord for Abel. Uh, now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, and Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Now, uh, Cain brought him fruits of the soil, so plants, fruit, vegetables, uh, and Abel brought livestock or, or, or sheep or whatever. Um, 
and he, he preferred that more than fruits and veggies. Uh, <laughs> at least by the way this reads. Um, the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. <clears throat> um, this kind of sounds like work harder or you're going to hell. I, I guess. But, I mean, if he's working the land, it's not like it's easy to do. Um, you know, not like raising animals is any easier, but... I mean, it kind of sounds like they're both putting their work in. Um, so I don't know what the preferential treatment is there. Now it says, um, all right. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah. Hmm. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And this is a very, of mice and men, let's go for a, a walk, Lenny, type uh, situation here. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you're driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, Not so. Annotation. Um, hmm. I don't even know what that annotation would mean. But the Lord said to him, Not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. And the annotation says, Septuagint, Vulgate, and Syriac. Hebrew very well. Oh, very well, I guess. But the Lord said to him, Very well, anyone who kills Cain will suffer. Oh, yeah, okay, I guess that makes sense. Very well. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain made love to his wife. Where'd she come from? Okay. And she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Irad, and Irad was the father of Mahujal. Mahujael and Mahujael was the father of Methushael and Methushael was the father of Lamech. Lamech married two women, one named Adah and the other Zillah. Adah gave birth to Jabal. He was the father of those who lived in tents and raised livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. Jubal? Jubal? Who was the father of all who played stringed instruments and pipes. Zillah also had a son, Tubal Cain, who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. Tubal Cain's sister was Nama. Lamech said to his wives, Adah and Zillah, listen to me. Wives of Lamech, hear my words. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. 
If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech seventy-seven times. Adam made love to his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel. Since Cain killed him, Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. At the time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. Now, another thing that I have a problem with, and I'm about to read all of it, and I'm sure that it'll frazzle you if you're listening as well, unless you have a better understanding of this, and this is something that I'm going to ask my um, friend about here. The, the, just the, the aggressive listing of family trees and just absurd numbers of years, like right here it says, when Adam had lived 130 years, um, you know, Adam lived 800 years and had other sons, like it's just, I don't know if there's math or if it's just a, a yeah, but it's incredible, um, and it makes absolutely no sense. Um, so that's a question that I have. Um, but let's get from Adam to Noah now. Um, this is the written account of Adam's family line. When God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them, and he named them mankind when they were created. Um When Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image, and he named him Seth. After Seth was born, Adam lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Adam lived a total of 930 years, and then he died. When Seth had lived 105 years, he became the father of Enosh. So, at 105, whatever 105 means, um, he became a father. Uh, after he became the father of Enosh, Seth lived 807 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Seth lived a total of 912 years, and then he died. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he became the father of Canaan. After he had become the father of Canaan, Enosh lived 815 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enosh lived a total of 905 years, and then he died. Uh, when Canaan had lived 70 years, he became the father of Mahalalel. Mahalalel. After he became the father of Mahalalel, Canaan lived 840 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Canaan lived a total of 910 years and then he died. Um, when Mahalalel had lived 65 years, he became the father of Jared. After he became the father of Jared, Mahalalel lived 830 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Mahalalel lived a total of 895 years and then he died. When Jared had lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. After he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800, year, 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Jared lived a total of 962 years and then he died. Wow. When Enoch had lived 65 years, so that's like a, that's, God, I think that's the, the most normal age that's been listed here pretty much, except for, you know, 70 and 90. Um, he became the father of Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully, faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Uh, Enoch walked faithfully with God, then he was no more because God took him away. 
Uh, when Methuselah had lived 187 years, he became the father of Lamech. After he became the father of Lamech, Methuselah lived 782 years and had altogether and had sorry and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Methuselah lived a total of 969 years. Yeah, and then he died. Uh, when Lamech had lived 182 years, he had a son. Well, he named him Noah and said, He will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. After Noah was born, Lamech lived 595 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Lamech lived a total of 777 years, and then he died. After Noah was 500 years old, he became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Whew. Um... Next story here, wickedness in the world. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they choose. So kind of um, incesty here, right? Let, let me just reread that. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they choose. And well, I guess not necessarily then. Um, then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. Thank you. Put a cap on it. I mean, I, I just... To see that someone was like 900 years old, and again, I don't know if that means something different or if there's a, a way to translate that or some sort of math or whatever but i think that we can all agree um you know if, if anyone breaks 80 now we're all surprised so you know i guess in the the world of the text here that's insane but again it's it's a question uh the nephilim were on the earth in those days who's that and also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them, they were the heroes of old men of renown. Okay, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them, the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Um, so again, going back to Adam and Eve, um, I see no issue with knowing good from evil. It's the question of right from wrong, what's ethical and unethical, um, and it allows you to kind of create a... a personal set of morals and values, but um, apparently that was wrong. Um, so he saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Um, you know, I think that, you know, people probably think horrible things all the time, um, but it's a question of, you know, whether you're able to question those <laughs> you're able to question those questionable things um, and kind of find a reason in 
the the opposite of whatever those negative things or bad things or whatever it may be is. Um, you know, it's a, and again, it's really why I, I look at all this stuff. And again, I, I don't really agree with where most of religion is today, but I mean, I'm reading the book and, uh, I'm, I, it's about just figuring stuff out. Um, you know, and by the way, it sounds like something as simple as uh, a curiosity or a search for wisdom is enough to, at least on according to page, you know, three or four here, uh, send you to hell. <laughs> so um, I will uh, keep reading here. There's a, a thing that I've heard about um, before, and I think it's like, I don't know what president it is. Um, but he had revised the Bible and I don't know, I don't know what president it was. Probably one of the, the older ones that was, you know, a horrible person and owned slaves and, uh, you know, womanized women, but, um, wrote, uh, not wrote, but created a, a Bible that only had like the, the, the values in it and the, the teachings and stuff, not all the, the, the stories and the massive, uh, listings of family trees and whatnot. Um, so probably that is also something that I'll try to get my hands on and, um, probably just do another one of these. I would imagine that his Bible would be significantly shorter than this one. Um, out, of, out of all the reading that I've done so far, and again, this is the New International Version. I'm only on page 8. Um, and we're getting into Noah and the Flood. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah, oh boy, an account of his family. Okay, it doesn't look like we're going through the whole family tree yet. Um, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupting God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm, go I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. Okay. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof and opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife, and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground, you come along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and stored away as food for you and for them. Now, 
Um, I, I, I'm just picturing God saying all this to Noah. I had to take a sip of water. Throat's getting dry. Um, I just picture him saying all this to Noah, and he's just like sitting there going like, he's going to kill everybody. And then, like, if he questions any of this, then he would just be put on the list with them. And then the flood would just start. <coughs> but, uh, back to the reading. Uh, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, It says right here, two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and every kind of creature. But now it says here, take with you seven pairs. One. A male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate. I'm curious as to what clean and unclean means. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate. Ooh, you know what that might mean? Um, since, according to religion, I believe, if you're like an absolutist, that procreation is supposed to, well, not procreation, but sex is supposed to be used strictly for procreation and not for pleasure. Um, maybe I would imagine, uh, every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate would be, um, animals that have not procreated yet. And then, um, one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate would be animals that have procreated. Um, and if that is the case, then come on. And also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth and 40 days and 40 nights, for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. And Noah did all that, was, that the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came on the earth, and Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. <clears throat> I gotta wrap this thing up soon because my throat is getting dry. <clears throat> um, pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds and of all creatures that moved along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded Noah. And after the seven days, the floodwaters came on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth and the floodgates of the heavens were opened. So when he's talking about separating the rain, rain in the sky, clouds, precipitation, rain in the ground, oceans, lakes, rivers, creeks, water under the ground, boom, when he separated them. On that very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, entered the ark. They had with them every wild animal according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with wings. Pairs of all creatures that of the breath of life in them came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female of every living thing. As God had commanded Noah, then the Lord shut him in.
For forty days the flood kept coming on the earth, and as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. You know what I just realized? <sighs> Noah was building this ark while people were still alive. And it doesn't say in here, but my curiosity is questioning whether anyone was aware that he was doing this. Um, and if they were aware, if they questioned him as to why he was doing this, and I'm sure there's a, another book or something out there that talks about this, um, did he tell them that God was going to flood the planet? Because isn't lying some sort of sin so he can't lie? Because, well, that's no good. Um, so are you telling them like, oh yeah, God just he doesn't like us. Or, well, he doesn't like you guys. I'm, I'm totally fine in his eyes. Uh, so he's going to flood the planet and you're all going to die. Um, and two, I wonder if there's any babies that are alive at this time that he is going to be, uh, killing in this massive flood. Um, again, just kind of a question of his, uh, his his determination of being as uh, intense as he possibly can. Um, and again, I'm not saying any of this stuff to try to be funny. I'm just, this is literally, this is how I'm reading it and based on what I've read so far and what my uh, knowledge is outside of this. Um, it's just, you know, there's unanswered questions so far. It's literally like, is he killing children that haven't done anything bad? Um, and even still, like, again, if people are doing bad shit, just, you know, they're doing bad stuff. Like, that, that is what it is. There wasn't law back then, so... Is it like 200 years ago, we'd have people smacking each other in the faces with gloves and having shootouts in the middle of the street over, you know, a significant other. It's... This is... Strange... Um, where was I? Um, they rose greatly on the earth and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than 15 cubits. Cubits, that is about 23 feet or about 6.8 meters. All right. Uh, every living thing that moved on land perished. Birds livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth that didn't do a damn thing wrong, uh, died. Um, everything, oh, and all mankind. So women, men, children, babies, uh, pregnant women, I would imagine. Uh, everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out People and animals and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. I highlighted this because when I read it, I got kind of concerned almost. Let me read this to you. The waters flooded the earth for 150 days. Listen to this. The, the way it's written... But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark, and he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. Again, maybe I'm reading too far into this, 
But does it sound like God forgot about Noah? <laughs> but God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. It sounds like he forgot about him. Like he's kicked back. He's watching the earth flood. And he just sees the ark just splashing back and forth through the water. And he was like, oh my, oh my me. I forgot about them. That's, that's how it reads to me. But now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of the 150 days, the water had gone down. And on the 17th day of the 17th month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. Ararat? Ararat? That sounds better. The waters continued to recede until the 10th month. And on the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains became visible. After 40 days, Noah opened the window he had made in the ark and sent out a raven, and it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground, but the dove could find nowhere to perch because there was water over all the surface of the earth. So it returned Noah in the ark. <coughs> he reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent the dove out again, but this time it did not return to him. By the first day of the first month of Noah's 601st year, the water had dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. By the 27th day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife, and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground, so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. So Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives, all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on land, came out of the ark one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. So, yeah, this kind of further makes me believe that um, the, the clean animals and clean birds just mean that they haven't procreated yet um because it's kind of like the what's that weird um what's it called what's it called like in like movies and stuff of like ancient times where they're like sacrificing virgins um it's never like like they're they're never uh sacrificing the person that's going around having sex all the time just so happens so let that be a lesson. Go, go. If you, if you're, if you, yeah, if you haven't had sex, you're at risk of being sacrificed. I'm joking. Um, 
as long as the earth endures seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Next story here. God's covenant with Noah. Uh, then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Increase the population. Um, the fear and dread of you will fall on all the beasts of the earth and on all the birds in the sky, on every creature that moves along the ground and on all the fish in the sea. They are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. But you must not eat meat that has its lifeblood still in it. And for your lifeblood, I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal. And from each human being, too, I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being. Whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed. So... Don't murder people. For in the image of God has God made mankind. And that's probably a result of uh, Cain and Abel. Um, As for you, be fruitful and increase in number, multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Then God said to Noah and his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. I picture Noah taking some of those quote-unquote clean animals and birds and sacrificing them while the other animals are like walking off the ark and they're just watching it going like, we need to leave now. Um, yeah. Um, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals. All those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. Uh, And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it would be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on earth. Now, again, Probably a silly sidebar here, but probably just looking too far into this again. He said about three or four times here that he wasn't going to do this again. Um, It kind of sounds like he's trying to sell this to Noah. Being like, alright, I won't kill everybody again. But, you know, I may take a special exception for certain folks. If, uh, if it is to be deemed as so, cause he's like, all right, I'm not going to do it again. I promise. Really? I mean it. Noah, what are you worried about? It's kind of what he, it's, that's kind of how it reads here. Um, the sons of Noah, the sons of Noah who came out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan, Canaan. I'll just say Canaan. These were the three sons of Noah, 
and from them came the people who were scattered over the whole earth. Noah, a man of the soil, proceeded to plant a vineyard where he drank some of its wine. He became drunk and lay uncovered inside his tent. I highlighted this whole thing because it was kind of uh, strange. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father naked and told his two brothers outside. But Shem, Ham, but Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it across their shoulders. Then they walked in backward and covered their father's naked body. Their faces were turned the other way so that they would not see their father naked. When Noah awoke from his wine and found out what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan. Dog is awake now. The lowest of slaves will he be to his brothers. He also said, Praise be the Lord. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Shem. May Canaan be the slave of Shem. May God extend Japheth's territory. May Japheth live in the tents of Shem. And may Canaan be the slave of Japheth. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. Noah lived a total of 950 years. And then he died. So, basically cursed his offspring. Because one of them saw him naked. And was like, hey guys, he's naked. And the other two were like, well, we'll throw a blanket over him. Um, I j and this, this kind of speaks to, and I'm sure that it'll address this later in the Bible. I'm not sure where. But this kind of whole, like, this, what's the word? Uh, shame over your body. Um yeah, I I just think that there's you know if we're, if we're talking about you know the the real no offense the the real world here um the just this this idea that you need to be ashamed of your your body or you know exposing well not fully exposing yourself because that's illegal um but like kind of like, I don't know, we're, we're in high school and the, the, you know, oh, your shorts are too short or you can't wear tank tops or you can't wear this or that, or, oh, your, your shirt's cut too low. You got to cover yourself up and all that stuff. It's just like, you know, you, people see that and they don't think anything of it. It's like, whatever, who cares? But other people see it and they're like, oh my God. Um, I, I just think that a lot of that mentality about shame is just derived from um, stuff like this where, you know, people are grown up or they, they go to church as a kid and they think that you need to, you know, do things a certain way to, uh, you know, be right in the eyes of, you know, whoever your God may be. Um, I think that I'm going to stop there. I did have... Uh, you know what? I'll read one more page. Why not? Um, but I am going to skip over some of this stuff because it, it's literally... I'll start reading it and then I'll I'll, I'll stop. Um, and any of these names that pop up shortly after, I'll address. But this is just a, in, an incredible listing of names here. Um, the, the Table of Nations. This is the account of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, Noah's sons, who themselves had sons after the flood. Um, the Jep Jephethites. 
the sons of Japheth. Um, Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshach, and Tyrus, the sons of Gomer, uh, the Ashkenaz, Rupath, and Tugarma, the sons of Javan, um, and it's just the Hamites, the sons of Ham. Um, and then it lists all of his offspring and his offspring's offspring. Uh, Cush was the father of Nimrod, who became the mighty warrior on earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. That is why it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The first centers of his kingdom were Babylon, Uruk, Akkad, and Kalneh, and Shinar. Um, from that, he went to Assyria, where he built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Ur, Kala, and Resin, which is between Nineveh and Kala, which is the greatest city. Egypt was the father of the Luddites, Anamites, Lehabites, just, again, listing and listing and listing. Um, Canaan was the father of Sidon, his firstborn, and of the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, Girgashite, Girgashites, Hivites, Archites, Sinites, Arvidites, Zemorites, and Hamathites. All of that means nothing to me. Um, it's just listing everything. Um, later, the Canaanite clans scattered in the borders of Canaan, reached from Sidon toward Gerar as far as Gaza, and then towards Saddam, Gomorrah. Now, I know that Saddam and Gomorrah is relevant because they, they're going to reference that later. Um, so I will address that here. Adma and Zeboim as far as Lashah. These are the sons of Ham by their clans and languages in their territories and nations. The Semites. Sons were born, also born to Shem, whose older brother was Japheth. Shem was the ancestor of all the sons of Eber. Then it talks about the sons of Shem, the sons of Aram, um, you know, it, it's just so much, so, so much, uh, not everyone here is going to be mentioned. So just pull some of them out of the text and just give us the, the, the important stuff that tells the story here. Uh, the region where they lived stretched from Mesha towards Safar in the Eastern hill country. These are the sons of Shem by their clans and languages in their territories and nations. These are the clans of Noah's sons, according to their lines of descent within their nations. From these, the nations spread out over the earth after the flood. The Tower of Babel. This is kind of an interesting story. Um, now, the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language, they have been they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will become po will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them all over the whole earth. And now it says Babel here is also can be referred to Babylon. Um... 
for Hebrew for confused, which makes sense. Um, and I'm going to stop there, but the, this just kind of is also strange to me because I, I get the fact that you want people to disperse across the earth and, uh, procreate and increase the population and, you know, whatever the intent was after that, cause he said he wasn't going to wipe out all of mankind again, but to see that people were communicating in a way that they, they were all going to build this giant tower. They were all going to congregate around this tower, build a society around this tower. At, at some point, I assume they would gather the idea of a society, um, and whatever would come after that to just say like, ah, uh, no, this is going too well. Almost. Let me, uh, kind of break up the, the, the community here. Um, so they weren't allowed to build the tower because they couldn't communicate to build the tower. And they said that if they were unable to build the tower, that they would end up just dispersing and all separating from each other. Um, it's kind of odd. I, I don't know why he would look at that and say, well, you know, everything seems to be going pretty good here. A little too good, if you ask me. Uh, let me confuse their language so none of them understand each other. And then the people that do understand each other, they'll go here and you guys will go there and you'll stay here. And um, Just a, a little odd of a concept to try to get around, but um, that that's what was written and that's what I read. Um, so again, I, I'm going to be plugging other podcasts in between these readings. I'm not just going to read the entire Bible and do like 20 podcasts straight on just the Bible. Um, but yeah, that's the, uh, first reading there and I will have a, another follow-up coming shortly.